0: Welcome to The Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. Chapter 8, verse 2. Ani pi melech shemar. I, the mouth of the king, shall guard... The Divras Elohim and concerning the taking of the oath of God needs explanation. See how Targum renders this. Malko. Be vigilant, guard your mouth concerning the decree of the king. So Targum is identifying the king, as God, lemitar ma di dinoch to guard that which He has commanded you. Ve'al Esak Mumsa Dado'ni is and concerning the matter of the oath of God, be careful, de losemi b'shumemra al magon to not end or be ended in a sense of oblivion in any utterance carelessly. So a person needs to be vigilant to not break their oath. A person has a commitment. Don't just let it slip. A person takes the name of God and needs to be followed through. If a person takes an oath, the violation of that oath is considered from the severe sins. Let's see how Rashi explains it. Ani pe shemar, I the mouth of the king, guard the fikachanitzarich, Vinochon Lishmar Pimalko Therefore I need, and it is appropriate to guard the utterance of the master of the universe, hatova for that is the best of all of them. So Rashi is also learning that we're describing the king, master of the universe. This seeming doubling, this kind of couplet of this verse, Rashi is explaining the first in a broad sense. He doesn't really identify in a granular what this means, but the Master of the Universe has made utterances. In fact, the entire creation was created through ten utterances and the guarding of the utterance of God. For it is the tovash b'kulon, it is the good of everything that is the essence of the good of creation that it is sourced in The utterance of God so the imperative here is to protect to guard uphold the utterance of God in a very basic sense in in, in a physical sense in a sense of stewardship for creation relating to the world as the creation of the master of the universe and then the second part that we took an oath to him in Horeb and Mount Sinai, to guard his commands. So this is a more precise, unique manifestation of the oath, of the, the word of God that we need to keep the obligation that we have is to fulfill his purpose not just in a physical expression of his will but in a spiritual expression of his will we must keep his commands alternatively alternatively rashi says what is the second couplet referring to I am prepared to guard the utterance of the kings of the nations that rule over us, that tax us, head tax, property tax. And this interpretation of Rashi is fascinating because the one speaking here is King Solomon, who is a king, when he says, I am ready and prepared to uphold the jurisdiction, the rights that the kings that rule over us have to collect taxes from us. That's a fascinating idea. According to this interpretation, it would need to be prophetic and it would seem that he's suggesting that Even when there is Jewish leadership that is subject to foreign monarchy, foreign governance, the imperative is to acknowledge and recognize the rights of those governing forces to collect from us taxes, to to make demands of the Jewish people, in as much as we are in a state of Golos, a state of exile. The exile doesn't have to mean being in a foreign country per se, but it means under foreign domination. The classic exile of Yovan, of the Greek exile, is a prime example. The Jews became Hellenized, they were Hellenizers, Misyavnim, this all took place in the holy soil of Israel. The Jews were never sent physically to Athens or Sparta, but rather Greece came to Israel, and that was the Golus of Yavon, the exile of Greece. But just because there's a Jewish king doesn't mean that it's not a Gollus. Certainly throughout the Second Temple Era, essentially we were in one state or another of foreign domination. So Shlomo Mallo is acknowledging that prophetically, even from the role of king. actually she has another hezbin, There's a qualification although the first part of the verse continuing this interpretation that there is a requirement to accept the authority and jurisdiction of a foreign king if there are demands made there's also a limit to that jurisdiction and it stops If, in the event that the jurisdiction is encroaching upon following the Torah, it ends. Yes, we must accept and be careful to pay head tax, property tax, but we are not permitted to transgress the oath that we swore to God at Sinai. So there can be at times a tension between these two requirements, if the monarchy or governance is imposing something that violates the Torah, Shlomo Melech is saying clearly that is no longer their jurisdiction and our oath to God takes precedence. Rashi continues, the al-divras, the eightzel divras shvuas Elohai, ashmar By the taking of the oath of my God, I will make sure to keep and guard the utterance of the kings. Cain Matsinu, a prime example of this verse in action is Khanani Mesha Vazaya. These three prophets, Nebuchadnezzar, that they said to Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel 3, 16, The Nebuchadnezzar, and they said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, Lo Anachnu Al In response to his demand that they bow to the idol, they say To the king, to Nebuchadnezzar, we are not going to respond to this matter that you have put before us. If he is a king, why do they mention his name? If he has a name, and that's how they're addressing him, why do they say that he's a king? Al rather, this is the message they are conveying to him. that mal we are declaring to you that you are our king. Lavoda, for service, conscription. Lemisim, and for taxes, Gulgolios. Head tax. Ah, however, al at omar, in this matter, that you command upon us to worship foreign gods, idolatry, there you are an individual not endowed with jurisdiction as a king for this purpose and that Shavin, and you and a dog are equivalent dog barks you don't have to listen so to speak be be moved by the barking of a dog so they do not need to respond to the demand that they worship the idol. See the Metsudah's David. Ani pi melech shemar, I, the mouth of the king, shall guard. Hu the Metsudah's David says this is a shortened verse. amar. says, though it is saying, Metsudah's David is learning that King Solomon is not describing his own personal relationship. He himself is a king, but he is addressing the Jewish people. I am warning you, Malametcha, to teach you, Pimelach Shemor, guard the utterance of the king. Aval Timra do not transgress the utterances of his mouth. the king says, you shall follow. Divras, Aval Kishemitzev also, Haye However, if the king's command is next to a matter that concerns the oath that we were adjured by God, the requirement to uphold the command of the king and fulfill it is not valid if it would require breaking our oath that we were sworn to at Sinai to fulfill the, the commands and to actualize them, that is something that is not subject to the command of a temporal leader. Jewish king or not? it a, a right of a king within Jewish law to demand... Fidelity. And rebellion can be punished. However, it's not considered rebellion if the king is demanding something, commanding something that is against the Torah. He has no jurisdiction. Let's see this far now. I will be like the wise, that I said without doubt. Bishmor in guarding the utterance of the king, Hakodosh, the Holy One, um of his commands, be'ion, in depth, with great care. As the words in Dvarim, vav, and these matters that I command you, shall be placed upon your heart. This has to be a focus of one's life. In addition to the commands that we were given, we also accepted upon ourselves an oath that encompassed the dangers of a curse. And that also we agree to uphold meaning as a a form of strengthening our commitment to keep the Torah, the blessings and curses were accepted as a means of expressing our commitment for the long haul. Not only what God deems is the natural ramification for keeping or not keeping the Torah, but we accept it upon ourselves through this Essentially, covenant to accept even the curses should we violate the Torah. So that is, to a degree, our own contribution to making sure that we keep the Torah. That's the way this father learns the the word of God, and then our own acceptance of the potential curses. Let's see the. Ibn Ezra, Ani, Kashahishlim, Elchiachachacham, Shishmar, Epachachacheshek, after concluding the rebuke of the wise that he needs to be vigilant from the snare of desire, Shavllah's hero, Shalom Yishan Al Chachmasa, he now is warning him, don't rely on his wisdom, he should not rely on his wisdom. And he should not, by relying on his own personal wisdom, disregard the command of the king because he is a fool. Meaning, even though the king might be a fool, but if he has jurisdiction, the wise does need to accept that there is jurisdiction here of the king. The Indian. Ani What is the matter? An I Ani es Oh Al I command or warn concerning two matters. Shalotim <speaking in Hebrew> that you should not violate them. <speaking in> ha <Hebrew> mashi one. Guard the utterance of the king, whatever he says. Vasheni. The second matter. What comes out of your own mouth? Gam ato Hashem You too are facing the holy and hallowed name, the, the awesome name of God. Ki Because there are consequences. The king will not tolerate one who violates his command, the king of flesh and blood, as well the ha'emes, and the true king, the master of the universe, will not hold innocent one who takes his name in vain. And he learns that these two are parallel in terms of our responsibility towards authority authority of a king and the authority of God. Let's see, the Chachma. Ani shemar. Kol melech Everything that the king commands. Mokhoyev ani lishmar. I am required to guard. negra Even if it runs counter to logic. We find that this is a challenge that King Saul had. The command to wipe out the nation of Amalek disturbed him. He had a hard time accepting this divine command and subjugating his own intuition of justice and morality. But nonetheless, We are required to guard the command of God, even if it seems incomprehensible. (inaudible) As well, the second part of the couplet concerning the taking of the oath of God, (inaudible) Heos Shnishmat al Kiyam Dvorav. As much as you have sworn to Him to fulfill His word, that is another reason or you could say in a basic sense a reason that a person even from the intellect is required to do something that's beyond their comprehension their logical ability to understand what the, what they can understand is that they took an oath to fulfill his word so if a person took an oath that oath is binding by logic and the subject of the command even if it's not something he can comprehend by logic is not subject to his personal determination of its inherent value let's see pasuk gimel altibahel Mipanov. do not be distraught from before him. telech, go. Al ta'amod, do not stand. Bidovar ra in an evil manner. Ki kol asher yase, for all that he desires, he shall fulfill. And Targum explains. Uveidan rugza dadunai, and at a time of divine wrath. Lo sinuach lit salaaka kadmohi isbihil kadmohi do not rest and pray before him in a manner that is uncollected before him azil rather go witzale and pray wisive Rachamin minna and beseech him, supplicate for his mercy. Begin delosicum bipiscum bish, in order that you don't stand in an evil manner. Arum ribon kolmaya, for the master of all the worlds, Dadunai, of God, kol di ve'yavit, all that he sets up shall be done, whatever he wills shall happen so to paraphrase the idea Tagum is saying if a person is confronted with the wrath of God although there can be a knee-jerk reaction to be distraught distressed in a manner that they're not collected there's behala, confusion that is not a way to supplicate before God Person must collect themselves, don't sit in this state of confusion and supplicate, but rather move move oneself person is to move out of that state and pray, beseeching for divine mercy and this is so important because the will of God will be fulfilled, and the prayer for divine mercy is a critical approach to addressing the wrath of God. So it must be done not from law, not from confusion, but a person must move out of confusion to appropriately beseech God. It doesn't mean that they can't feel pain, but it's important not to be confused when praying before God. As I say, be careful what you ask for. You might just get it. Whatever God wills will be, a person has to be collected in their thoughts and their supplications before God and to focus on what needs to be focused on. In time of wrath, the supplication for divine mercy. Now the contrast between going and standing Going is what one should do. al do not stand. Presumably this does not re- refer to a physical transport, as opposed to physically standing. But the idea of transporting oneself, transporting one's state, is helpful for collecting oneself to focus in their prayer on god it's it's like a type of movement if you will the standing in a state of fragmentation of disoriented behala. to be before god in confusion that is not the right state to engage in this most powerful act of prayer in general when we pray before god we consider ourselves in movement, as it were, Telech, going and projecting our prayers towards the gate of heaven, Shar Shamayim, towards the temple, towards the Holy of Holies, between the Kruvim on top of the Holy Ark. That is an act of Telech, of transport, which we are encouraged to engage in in prayer. That is the appropriate direction that we move in in the service of the heart. Let's see how Rashi explains this. Do not be disoriented to say that you will flee from before God to a place where he is not in power. For he is the master in every location. Meaning, it is a state of confusion to say, I will go from before God. Do not stand in an evil matter. Do not stand in an evil matter. Do not stand, yourself, engaged in evil things. Kikolasher yachvots. For all that he desires, yase he shall fulfil, to extract judgment, to take his due, as it were, in punishment for violation of his will. Rishus He has the authority, jurisdiction, and capacity to do. To take full punishment, to exact full punishment, for the violation of his will. So if somebody does something wrong, it's critical to jump out of it, to not stand in it. To not become comfortable engaged in matters of evil. person has to move from there. Aziva sachet, forsaking sin. Somebody gets comfortable in sin, they won't feel the dirtiness, the repulsiveness of it, they'll have a hard time doing teshuva. It's critical to get out of it. Forsake the sin. Don't stand in it. That's in the Mitzure's David. Al tibol, al tia nevhaloma, don't be distraught to say, to go and flee from before him. Val ysigucha lasos imchara, don't think you'll be able to escape from his ability to visit evil upon you. Mashircha. I'm warning you, Al T'amod be'in Yonat, do not stand in an evil matter. B'mokum Sakano, it's a state, a precarious state. Imoros Pimelach b'bitochen Zeh, to violate the king's command with this false sense of security. Kiko Mash Yechvotz Melach Yase, for everything that the king wants, he shall do. V'Im Yechvots Birascha Yasegucha B'mokum Shemurato. If he wants to bring upon a person evil, he will achieve and find them wherever they have fled to and give them their just deserts. And right? A person, as it says in Dvarim, person shouldn't bless themselves in their heart saying, I'll go in the free pursuit of my desires without consequence. That's a terrible and false sense of security. Disaster. Let's see this far now. Al-tibohel, b'ribu'i mitzvah mitzvos Do not become disoriented in the plethora, in the abundance of commands. Miponov teilech, for before him you shall go. K'mokane, al Miponov teilech similar to that idea a person should not go before god without contemplating the reasons for his commands in a manner that he is turning to fulfill them in a dry manner so to speak just to fulfill the orthoprax, just the actions without the knowledge and connection to their reasoning. As Farno is saying, similar to what we saw before in the talumus Chachma, that because we accepted the divine commands with the potency of an oath, that brings us to a connection that is within the realm of logic and intellect, and it, therefore we must pursue, to whatever extent possible, a knowledge of the reasoning. To the extent that that is a mechaev, a source of our obligation, when we accept the Shavuah, so we have to try and understand what is under, underlying the commands of God the best of our ability in each mitzvah. Do not stand in an evil matter. For all that he desires, he shall do. Do not stand in this evil thought. Don't think that God does anything without reason. And without a true good purpose. For all that he desires is what he does, is what he shall do. So every command is fundamentally imbued with purpose, whether we can understand it or not. Don't think that it's a capricious, meaningless command. That's not the case. Kol asheh all that he desires, he does. So the command underlies some divine will some purpose it's meaningful a story of a prisoner in the gulag that for 15 years was tethered to a mill Backbreaking labor and he had no idea what he was doing he didn't understand it but he worked Finally, his sentence came to an end. He was overjoyed. And he said, I want to see what I've done for 15 years. I want to see the fruits of my labor. What's on the other side? What am I pulling here? And to his horror, he saw that the mill was accomplishing absolutely nothing. He was just laboring truly in vain. There was no fruit of this labor. It was just a form of brutalization, wasting his efforts and his energies. And he was so distraught, his soul departed from him. The labor he could withstand, but the sense that it was all for nothing. Purposeless, that was overwhelming. That is considered a machshavah ra. Don't think that any divine command is empty or purposeless. All that he desires is what he will make, is what he will do. There is a purpose, there is a fulfillment of divine will. Let's see the Talumus Chachma. Al-Tibahel Mipanov, Teilech Amar Yoshe'ish Apikursim. This is a description of those heretics. Asomchunt, they rely al-sikhlam, on their intellect. Negratara Against the enlightenment, the true enlightenment of the divine wisdom. And by witnessing and perceiving what appears to be the experience of evil by the righteous, how do they digest this picture? They see what, in their assessment, is a righteous person suffering evil. Their conclusion is, there is no divine providence. And they declare that the, the land was given over into the hands of the wicked. As Job said. Oh, alternatively, they deny the omrim. They say man doesn't have a choice. Everything is predestined from heaven. They grapple unsuccessfully with the idea of tzaddik, viralo. So they either deny the hashgacha, the justice of ralo, or deny the tzaddik. Say that he's not really righteous, he has no choice. Cholasius Adam, heim tov, of hinra. And all the deeds of man, whether good or evil, hakol it is all by the will of God. elu, these thoughts, gormim, harisa they cause the entire destruction to the foundation of religion, morality. Zomasha amakhan al tiboyel. And this is the warning here. Do not become disoriented. The declaration is do not be hasty. Go from before it. To say that you are not under divine providence. The claim that man is not under divine providence is a terrible error. Al do not stand in this evil. im and also if one holds an evil, heretical perspective, Loma to say ish every man what he desires, he shall do kiloma meaning the denial of free will, and declare, Whatever man does, that is in accord with the desire and will of God, and it is essentially predestined, it is a decree, and even if a person can say, this is good or this is evil, but if they wash themselves of the responsibility of that free will denying it so as he said this is standing in an evil manner this will undermine all morality the medrash says ani pimal of i the mouth of the king shall guard omar rabbi levi levi said ani I, the utterance of the Master of the Universe, the Holy One, blessed be He, I will guard his utterance. That metaphorical mouth that uttered, I am the Lord your God. And also concerning the declaration the command you shall not have other gods and the oath is referring to the prohibition to not take god's name in vain so this medrash is understanding these verses this first verse pasuk Be'ez, as encapsulating Components of the Decalogue, the first two, which were declared to the entire nation, I am the Lord your God, and you shall not have other gods. That is the, of the utmost importance for a person to guard. As well, the Shavu, the oath, to not take the name of God in vain, that's from the chamuros. that is from the severe sins that has cataclysmic ramifications through generations. To, to take the name of God in vain can be catastrophic. It's a, a terrible chilol desecration of the divine name. The next medrash, on the verse, al tibohel bohel miponav do not be disoriented from before him. You shall go. Rebechiyah Bar Posach. Rebechiyah Bar gamdoh. explained that the verse in Mishle, Gimel Aleph, Proverbs 3.11, Musa Adonai Bini Al-Timos. Musar, which means guidance, like the reins of a horse. The guidance of God. Had a channel, one's drives. Beni, my son, Altimus, do not repulse them. Tane ha posher b'davar tov. It was taught that one who opens should open in a good manner. Verachosem chosem b'davar and at the conclusion, one should conclude with a good matter. when one is giving exposition in the Torah reading of the blessings, Kare there is reading and pausing. Be close at the curses There isn't a pause. echad Rather for the curses one reads the entire slew of curses. Musar, Adonai B'ni, Al-Timos, this guidance of God, my son, do not repulse. Mishum, why is that? Imo Anochi for I am with him in pain. Amr Akadosh Baruch the Holy One, blessed be, he declares. Bonai Miskalalin, my sons are cursed. Vanim is and shall I be blessed? Remarkable. The imperative that the medrash is telling us to not be repulsed by the musar which can be somewhat of a challenge; it can be an affront. A person needs to not treat the Musar of God in a manner that is repulsed. They should not be repulsed by it. And the reason for that is God is with us in the pain. For God's sake, we must take his Musar to heart. To disregard it, is to be insensitive to his plight, as it were, that his children are suffering from the curses. And do not be disgusted with his rebuke. Al tas tochachto shel kadosh kotsim Do not make the rebuke of the Holy One, Blessed be He, as though they are a series of thorns. Rabbi Levi ben Panti kora es Arurayo. Rabbi Levi, the son of Panti, was reading the curses. him Rabbi Huna before Rabbi Huna, ve'gim gembahon, and he was getting tripped up, stumbling through the curses he said to him, Eshma koloicho, delays inun Klolos tochachos inun. I hear in your voice, these are not curses, but rather they are rebukes. Meaning, if a person just sees it as a Source of pain, as a curse, without being able to see the purpose or the value, then it will just ensnare a person like like thorns. The person gets caught in the thorns. Rather, they need to appreciate that they are rebuke, they are guidance. Musar, Adonai bni altimos, the guidance of God. My son, do not be repulsed from them. And do not be repulsed from his rebuke. So it's a a fascinating idea. Especially this declaration of why this is so important. Not just for ourselves. For I am with him in his suffering. God says, my sons are cursed and I will be blessed. This is remarkable. This is a facet, if you will, of the prohibition not to curse God. It's one of the seven laws for all of humanity, not to curse God. If a person takes the musr of God, and they disregard it. they're repulsed by it. They view it as just some empty suffering without understanding that it needs to be digested towards rehabilitation. If a person doesn't do that, then they are being insensitive to the plight of God. He is with us in the suffering. He says, "And my sons, are they cursed and I'm blessed? He's with us." So that insensitivity is a form, God forbid, of cursing the Holy One, blessed be, He, as it were. So we have to relate to the Musa and the Tocha, to realize that it's not curses, but it is rebuke to set us forward towards success. It can be uncomfortable, but it's a challenge that we need to use to improve, to bring upon ourselves the blessing To bring as it were for God the Nachas from His creation, a sense of satisfaction and glory from His creation that He seeks.